Black is viewed as the color of evil and death in virtually all cultures. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, Canadian Akinomo Britan, and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart peer-reviewed and published social science papers, and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the listener, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. What's up, Dad? Hi, Akin. Hey, hey, hey. Happy morning. <laughs> Happy morning, indeed. <laughs> You're giving away the trade secrets. Uh, <laughs> we only... <laughs> yeah, there's like... We only record at dawn. <laughs> there's some obsessed listener who's been gathering bits and bits of information. Uh, <laughs> well, there we is one more. Well, I mean, I really love these studies that deal with self. You know, I, I'm, I guess, intrigued personally by... Um, how we see ourselves and how we can change the way we see ourselves. And I think, I think that's fascinating. And the study that I am um, pretty interested in chatting about today is a classic. It's something I read when I was way back as a grad student. And um, Thomas Gilovich, who's one of the authors, um, was at Cornell University, and he is my minor chairperson. So I can remember learning so much. I didn't really used to think about the self scientifically. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I love to hear before getting a PhD and like immersing myself in the literature, the scientific literature, I just thought you were born with somebody and that's like your personality and you just acted. I don't think I had many thoughts about like the self as a narrative and you can edit that narrative, and depending on your environment, the narrative can change. I just didn't think that way, and people like Tom really helped me think differently about that. What, what do you? What did you used to think about the self? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a coming of age thing. I think if if at the age of eight you are walking around at the playground, <laughs> like everyone's in the sandbox, like having a good time. <laughs> And there's just this solitary eight-year-old on a seesaw with no one else on the other side. Using words like de-individuate. <laughs> Contemplating their place in the universe. It's a bit much. Yeah. So I think life is a bit kind to, I would say, a majority of us in the sense that we get to discover who we are as time goes by. And we also come to an understanding that that is not a... A solid state. Mm -hmm. So there is opportunity for change based on your environment, based on the conditions you find yourself in, based on the people that you surround yourself with as well. So that was like quite exciting. And so with this study that we're going to dive into today, it's kind of, it's touching on this idea of what we, I guess what we adorn ourselves with in terms of our attire, how does that make us feel about ourselves? And also, how does that affect how other people perceive us as well? And we're going to be looking at clothing and we're going to be looking at sports. However, I've got a feeling that this is much more about our biases. <laughs> like, there's a lot that you can yeah. extrapolate That's from right. their findings and That's possibly right. ask yourself the question of what impact, ramification or consequences or what decision should I be a bit more cognizant of when I'm considering certain yeah. items of clothing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, listeners, it's a very practical study about fashion. Um, it's the dark side of self and social perception, black uniforms and aggression in professional sports. Wow. I mean, 
One of the things I wanted to put out there from the beginning, this is published, by the way, in the Journal of Personality and Social Psych by Mark Frank and Thomas Gilovich. And one of the things that's just so incredible about this is I think about how other animals don't wear clothes. Mm. And you just think about like other animals aren't fussed with like symbolizing themselves through what they adorn their bodies. It's like nature gives them a coat and they wear that. And they flaunt it as well, because we see it in the, the animal world. That it's this kind of idea of flaunting what you've got. So from my understanding, through watching way too many nature documentaries, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're a bit unnaturally, um, we're a bit unnaturally flamboyant. So from what I understand is with some, with certain species, the male is a lot more colorful or has a lot more like hair or a lot more features because that attracts female partners. Whereas with humans, like, if we just walk around kind of, like, naked... I think you would get attention. You'd get a lot of attention. (laughs) On the one hand, people would look. People would look. It is funny, though, how we all... Even if we don't dress flamboyantly, there's something about a human that says, I'm going to adorn myself in a way that symbolizes something about the self in me. Yes. And it may be a mild-mannered person wearing a very mild-mannered... But, like, we have that choice, and no other animals seem to do that. Nobody's like, I think I'm going to wear the polka dot one today. You know, like, they just don't... They aren't fussed with all that. And I think it goes... That's the concept of the self. You know, what car you drive what part of the city you live, what clothes you wear. Like We're really very focused on that. And I think that what a paper like this does is says, A, depending on what you're wearing that day, you might act a little different. That's pretty interesting. And B, people might see the same actions differently depending on what you wear. Yes, and that especially that action word as well. So it's not just the judgment that people make looking at you, which would be one judgment, but it's also how are they judging your actions. So if we we could let, let's jump into yep. it because so what they're looking at here is this idea of in professional sports, uh, teams will have certain colors and you'll have your your uniform so they're looking at this idea of teams who wear black uniforms, are they behaving more aggressively because they're wearing black? And are they being judged as being more aggressive because they are wearing black as well? And so they had to run a few studies to really try to narrow down something of an answer here, because this was based on a lot of previous work which had been conducted. And it also been based on cultural perceptions of the color black as well. And there's, there is a, we're gonna, we're kind of gonna be walking a bit of a tightrope on this mm. one because there's definitely racial elements, which it's hard to, I guess, ignore when you look at a study like this or when you start discussing color. Um, but we're going to try to, one, respect the science <laughs> and really deal with what they looked at. Whilst two, being a bit yeah. inquisitive and curious and saying, what can we also deduce yeah. from this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that part, um, you know, for a white guy from the U.S., that part of the study, the studies, was pretty uncomfortable. And the worst part for me was less about the science, meaning the methodology and the particular results, but the lead-in to the whole thing and the whole notion that, like, you know, conveniently when you watch spaghetti western uh, movies. You know who the bad guy is because that's the one wearing black. 
you know, and that whole notion of like, oh, yeah, that is kind of weird that that signals that way. And, you know, Hollywood didn't invent that. That wasn't like their idea. They were sort of just borrowing on this more general idea. And that is uh, – that starts to be uncomfortable for me, you know, to be honest. Like as I'm I'm reading through this, I'm thinking, OK, like we have the depression being kicked off with Black Thursday and we have words like, you know, you can blacklist people or you can blackball people or you can blackmail people. And so all these really pejorative words, these really you know, evil words – aligning with a color and in the United States in particular color race being such a defining part of the the negative parts of the culture yeah i would say that made me pretty uncomfortable and um obviously it's not just a us phenomenon i mean what what before i go too much more into my embarrassment what would have been your take before reading this article about like the word the word black the color black having all these negative implications it's 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 quite it's, it is it really is a difficult one. It's difficult because if you are looking at things like cinema, you have to use methods that allow an audience to perceive a scene and take as much out of that scene as possible without everything having to be explained. So they do use things like music, lighting, the colours that characters wear, uh, maybe even accents as well, which is another mm, interesting mm, one. Mm. You watch a movie and someone comes on screen with a, a Russian accent mm. and you're like, oh, they've been hacking all of our, yeah. <laughs> all of our elections. <laughs> Again. So you just think, oh, bad. Yeah. And so the yeah. danger of that yeah. is that when you now look at how art influences life and life influences art, you then have this, uh, the, the scary part is what we see on screen, are we now applying that to everyday life as well? Yeah. And I think when we kind of take a, a look around in terms of some, some data or information out there, it would suggest that there are biases that we apply to I guess what we believe to be the other. Yeah. And in this yeah. case it's yeah. it seems to be a lot more loaded because the other, when they're refer- referencing a colour here, also happens to be quite a large group of people as well. As <laughs> <laughs> a bunch yeah. of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a bunch of black peeps out there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else we really want or need to do with that. I, they they try to go through this was interesting for me and you know that was sort of like a little bit of a buoy of hope in a weird way that there might be something aside from race that has to do with the color. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but like if you apparently if they have these like you know, college students, but also like kids, like sixth, seventh graders that have them do these ratings. They did some multicultural work and at least it isn't just in the U.S. and maybe, you know, whatever. There's uh, Germany and Denmark, Hong Kong and India at least. Oh, and, and also tribesmen in Central Africa. Um, it appears that in all of these cultures, uh, the color black still connotes evil and death. Which is, I don't know, did a little bit of repair work for me. It doesn't really help the phenomenon underneath it, but it, it kind of helped pull me outside, you know, where I grew up and allowed yeah. me to kind of feel a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. About that. I feel, I feel the benefit of such studies, even when they are, uh, sensitive, when they are delicate. I feel like the benefit of them is what it's doing is giving us more knowledge and awareness 
so that we can fight stronger against mm, our biases. Yeah. And yeah. so in yeah. this case, yeah. the biases could be against colour in terms of like inanimate objects and people. But in other cases, it's how are these things helping our decision making? Yeah. And is there a uh, is there the potential here for our life experience to be improved when we're able to at least wrestle with our biases yeah, so and not always mm. be kind of pulled? And that's what we find in these studies when we look at them is what they are saying is that because of our associations with certain colors, because of what we what they connote or yes. denote towards yeah. us, yeah. we're now making bad decisions yes, essentially that's right. that's our judgment right. and is that off. is such a nice um it's a really good transition into why this study is classic not just because it's clever and it uses naturalistic observation real sports teams playing their real matches and real referees making real calls you know all that kind of stuff it's very naturalistic but it is way broader and the way you put that is really good it shows it's not just improving our life experience it's also improving our sort of social interactions and making them you know, based more on what we intend to create in terms of the interaction and not the the unfortunate biases that cause us to create. Totally. Yeah, that's really well, yeah. well put. Yeah, so in study one, so in study one, what they're trying to see here, from my understanding of this is, is there a basis on which we can move forward? So we have this idea that if a team is wearing a black uniform, they're likely to be either more aggressive as individuals because they're in black or be seen as being more aggressive because they're in black. So what they did here is it seemed to me this was just a bit preliminary, where it's a bit like we're going to get 25 subjects, we're going to give them two bucks each, and we're going to get them to look at a bunch of uniforms. So this was from the uh, the National Football League and the National Hockey League as well, both in, I imagine it would have been in America and Canada. Uh, I think Canada is like the only country that's taking <laughs> ice hockey seriously. <laughs> So like, or so, more seriously than, yeah, more, yeah, more seriously than yeah. everyone else um, so what they did is they, they found 25 people who weren't really that familiar with football or ice hockey and by and, the way 22 females and 3 males I mean yeah. we have to point that out That's, I, I, I did notice it's it it's a bit painful it was, <laughs> it was painful but at the same time growing up as a guy who was really into football as in like British football I was always getting shredded by women for liking it. They were just always a bit like, dude, man, like, are you really going to sit down and watch these 22 blokes, like, run around for, like, 90 minutes? And it was like, you know, that's a waste. And I was a bit like, hey, you don't need to like it. Mm. Go buy mm. some shoes or something. <laughs> like, I don't know what you like doing. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> just terrible. So, like, so with the heat when it comes to sports, I'm just a bit like... I kind of looked at the numbers and for me, it just kind of like made sense. And a part of this might be like kind of like societal conditioning. Yeah, I Cause so. I remember growing up in school when we would do sports, it was like, Oh, the, the girls can go play netball. The guys are going to play, uh, basketball or the guys are going to go play football and the girls are going to play like rounders there's like cricket rounders yeah. basketball netball and so even from a young age it was there was there seemed to yeah. be what was a bit of an unnecessary divide yeah. of the yep. sexes yeah yeah i think that's right <clears throat> and for whatever reason what they needed was to find people that literally knew nothing about the sport. Like, they couldn't know the rules, for example. Yep. And they could have not known any of the team jerseys. What they needed is essentially a blank 
uh, slate in terms of what this thing is over here where these people run around and chase each other and chase that little oblong thing. You know, it's that, it almost has to be at that level of... Totally. Of, of, um, which, makes, which makes a lot of sense because what they wanted to do and what they did was they gave these 25 people um, slides. Uh, so they... <laughs> so it was like this, we're going, uh, we're going yeah. back a bit yeah. now. Uh, so they were looking at each team's jersey. So their uniform... And they were making uh, judgments like, so would you say that this team is good or bad? Would you say they're timid, aggressive, nice, mean, active, passive, weak, strong? And so for each of those comparisons, there was a, a seven, like a seven point scale. Yeah, so it's it. like, where would they, like, where do you think that they would sit between like timid or aggressive on that scale? So like seven could be aggressive, one could be timid. And so you needed them to not really know much about the actual sport and the teams so that what their judgment is going to be based on is going to be majorly just the uniforms. That's right. There were no players wearing them. It was just based on these uniforms, how would you judge these teams? That's right. So what what they found is that with NFL teams, the black uniforms had a more malevolent appearance, which basically meant like the extent to which it was aggressive, it was mean, it was bad. Those held together as like one index. They grouped them, right? Yeah. He grouped those items together. And, you know, it was a pretty big difference, to be honest. In these people that knew nothing about the sport, the teams, the jerseys, anything, it was about a 4.97, so almost a 5 in terms of, like, if they're black uniforms, and a 3.85 if they were non-black uniforms. That was the NFL football. And then in terms of the NHL, um, what was the saying? It was 5.13 versus 3.85. So pretty big movements in terms of, like, Nothing but the color. Totally. And so you can now start to see why this does get a bit sensitive because these are people who have no information whatsoever. So what's happening, you could, I guess, deduce from this is that in life, we're making character judgments all of the time, which, and it makes a lot of sense to, but we could be deciding on things like such as good or bad. That's it. Just based on like the first, I don't know, five to yeah. ten seconds yeah, of seeing one, someone, one and yeah, and on this one, each each they were each given thirty seconds. So each uniform, yeah. they were given enough time to yeah. just kind of be a bit like, I don't know nothing yes. about five, 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 like, five, five, five. You could imagine that being a valid response. Just literally doing the middle of the thing yes. for all the white and all the black. That's, you make a great point there, Dan. That's the most yeah. rational thing. Yeah. Like, like, I don't most, know what thing about it. Why, how, yeah. you know, how would I know? And it's instead they're like, oh, no, that looks like a bad one. <laughs> That's menacing. Look how black that thing is. Mean. <laughs> I bet it's going to bite me. You know, it, it is really a strong and weird a finding. And then, um, you know, the, the black uniforms were also rated more strong, which they didn't have much theory about. But that's also kind of interesting, like a 5.6 in terms of the black one seeming, quote, strong, unquote, as opposed to like a 4.6 in terms of the non-black uniforms. But, you know, as we dismount from study one, it's really well done. It's all statistically significant, all this kind of stuff or whatever. At the end of the day, though, the takeaway is just that we are imputing meaning where there cannot be meaning, and that, you know, that's sad, surprising, not maybe not surprising. But as you say, as we start to move out of sport and onto, like, say, a witness and a jury, it really starts to send some shockwaves about the way we humans operate and in make inferences. Now, you mentioning jury is 
an interesting one. I think it was the uh, the when they see us i'm not sure if you got around to watching that on netflix but it was about the i think the central park five there was a really interesting scene in it where one of the parents of the kids i think these were like kids that were in their kind of like mid to late teens no probably like they're no probably they're early to mid teens and they had been falsely um Mm, mm -hmm. accused and in prison Mm -hmm. uh for some crime which it turns out they did not do but there was a real there's a really interesting scene where one of the kids has to appear in court and the mother, I believe, has sent them an outfit to wear. Um, and the lawyer has been like really firm, like make sure the kid doesn't come out in their prison mm-hmm. attire, in their jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as mm-hmm. they get seen in that, people are going to yeah. make a judgment. Yeah. And yeah. then trying to reverse that yeah. opinion Impossible. is like, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit like get yeah. them in like a, a nice pair of trousers. A beige. Uh, in this but yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> get it white. <laughs> get it <real>. whitewashed. That- <laughs> going to come out looking like Richard Branson oh, on his private <laughs> island. I couldn't possibly have committed the crime (laughs) (laughs) so like on the on the second study now so on the second study what they're now analyzing here it kind of gets a bit money ball uh that movie with brad pitt because what they do at this stage is they're a bit like okay we kind of have this understanding that what people are doing is they're now assigning meaning where, as you mentioned, Dan, there is no meaning. So what can we, what can we kind of look at in terms mm-hmm. of what the effect or impact of that That's is? It. So what they did in this case is they then went and looked at the NFL and NHL penalty records. And what's interesting about those two sports is they have different ways of, uh, I guess, slapping the wrist of naughty players. So mm-hmm. in the NHL, for example, uh, the, uh, the, sorry, the, uh, the NFL, the football. national football, the, in the, the football, American football. The Ameri- American football, yeah. yeah. So if you commit a, a foul, the penalty is that the the starting point for where you restart the game yeah. is gonna be closer to the touchdown. I'm showing how much how little or maybe really, how much yeah. more I know. But basically you gain distance, so like yeah. yards yeah. closer to what your objective is, which is to get that egg across that line. And in hockey, what they do is if you commit a if you've been a bit if you've been a bit cheeky, they'll put you in the penalty box. So it could be from two to three to five minutes, I so believe. You sit it out. Yeah. yeah, this is all for yeah. yeah. So it's like just go yeah. and call yeah. off. Cool yeah, off for a bit. That's basically right. Yeah, yeah like cool off. It's just a game. Uh, <laughs> Have fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so what they were able to do is they were able to say, okay, then if we look at all of the teams. We can, we've got the, the, the leagues have the information of how much penalties were given and how much that cost them in terms of yards and also in terms of time, timeouts as well, basically. Yeah. Basically in yeah. hockey, it's yeah. the naughty yeah. step. Yes. It's it's right. the, You're in go, timeout. Go think about what you've done. So, like, so they were able to look at that. <laughs> and so they then created a league table, which was just based on these penalties. Right. And what we found is that in both cases, not only were the teams that were, or black in the top half but in many cases they also occupied yes. so they had like yes. about let's say there's yes. 20 teams yes. and about like 20 25 teams and five of them are wearing wear all black that's it like you're probably looking around the top kind of like third yeah. would be those teams yes. they were more likely to be given harsher penalties yes but the argument here is that they would also behave more yes. aggressively yes. because they were in all black as well and because this is purely naturalistic 
that's what's so interesting. It begs the question. It begs the question as to whether they actually did more penalty maneuvers, meaning like spearing and clipping and head slaps. You gotta love those words. Like, he gave me a head slap. That's 15 yards. That, that sounds thing. cute. Yeah, yeah. I read it and oh, I was a bit like, yeah, I was a bit like, oh, that sounds cute. And I was a bit like, yeah, I can. It's probably. He weighs 270 yeah. pounds. It's, it's a pretty harsh slap. <laughs> it knocked him down. Um, and anyway, if um, some of you actually like sports, I don't think that Akin and I are sort of the biggest sports fans. In fact, I might have been bad enough. I could have been one of those 25 people in study one. But some of the black uniform teams are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, uh, L.A. Raiders, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Chicago Bears. And if it's the NHL, it's the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh's in there twice. Philadelphia Flyers, Chicago Blackhawks, and Boston Bruins. What's a Canuck? I have to do some research on that. <laughs> I was going uh, to Google it while I was reading Canuck, this. Maybe? A Canuck, maybe? Um, a Canuck? Why don't, maybe we'll do a little work on that, or maybe one of the uh, listeners could let Yeah, let know. me know. What, uh, like, I, I literally could Google it, but where's the fun of that? It probably isn't yeah. as pejorative as that name implies. <laughs> yeah, let me know what a, a Canuck is, please, because I was super curious. So, like, with the Canucks, actually, and I do bring them up intentionally, because what was interesting about the, the Canucks and the Penguins, really aggressive names for, like, hockey teams, it's like this like, little, this little bird yeah, paddling on its like, webbed feet across the ice. <laughs> Doesn't even make a noise. <laughs> so with with those with those two teams, what happened? For whatever reason, they switched uniforms mid season, and this was like back in like the I think they listed down as like the the seventy nine eighty season and the seventy eight seventy nine season. Yeah. So um, the years aren't really that important. But what is really important is like this is a bit of like a gold mine if you're if you're studying this naturally occurring. Experiment. Yeah, because yep. you now can say okay, then so we can look at the league yep. and then draw this table of who's yep. getting. Who's being awarded more penalties against them? But what we also have is this rare kind of um, anomaly where a team has switched between either to or from a black uniform. Yeah. And what they found was... It's kind of beautiful in a way. Right? It's the same team... Same team, same players, uh, you know, like, same it, manager. It's, it's fairly incredible. Statistically, significantly more penalties. Yeah. No. A that could mean they became meaner, or B it could be they were seen to be meaner, and that's still such an interesting phenomenon. Could be a bit but, of both. Yeah. Exactly. Could be a bit of both. We don't. It's not either or. And in fact, maybe the most likely is that it's a bit of both. But yeah, we'll tease it, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot. Okay, so I think that that is um, pretty strong at this point because what they're showing is that in the real world, you take this thing called color of uniform, which maybe you wouldn't have thought would have been that big of a deal when it comes to violence, and shows that statistically significant and, and somewhat substantially because they really were huddled up there at the top. It's almost like the rank order of violence matched yeah. the rank order of color, you know, something like that. So then um, now we're going to jump to study three um, where now what we're going to do is say to control this a lot more and to try to figure out if it's observing or action, 
we're going to stage um, a, a play, a single play, where, boy, I mean, they actually went out and got football players, uh, ex-college and uh, whatever, uh, high school football players, and they taped two versions of identical plays, and they're pretty mean. Like, they're driving them back several yards and then throwing them to the ground with considerable force. This has got to be a really fun day. Woo! Like, for, for both the, the scientists and for the participants... This is a fun day. It's like you're making this film where a a play with a ball carrier leaping over a tackler and being, and I quote, violently hit in midair by the defensive team. What the... (laughs) I mean... That is... Who signs off on that? Okay, we got to take that again. (laughs) Uh, Could you show uh, midair? Can you show a little more anguish? Let's, Let's... Take that again. And the guy's like walking off. His ribs are cracked. <laughs> Can't breathe right. Have, you, right. Se- have you seen how they rehearse? Sorry, no. Not rehearse, sorry. Now I'm sounding like I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> like, like have, you, have you seen like training footage from like American football? This is them training. Yeah. Like they literally just stand there and like take tackles with like a, like a crash pad. And- <laughs> it's like a car. We're going to hit you with this car. Yeah. Four times. That's practice. That's a practice. Yeah, that's practice. Get ready! (laughs) Anyway. Oh, wow. I mean, this shit was pretty raw because, I mean, I just kind of couldn't believe that they did that. But what they did is the exact same play where half the time they were wearing white, half the time they were wearing black. And that's the defensive teams as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really, oh, yeah, yeah, right. The defensive ones that are being mean in this case. Yes. Like picking people up and throwing them to the ground and so on. And just so many clever things. Like the first thing that they did is they did this thing where they, in one of the conditions, turned down the color. Like they messed with the contrast so that it was just gray, the white and the black were both yeah. gray. Yeah. And if I take a step back as well. So the whole the whole point of this uh, this film day. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> this off-site. Yeah the, whole, yeah, the whole point of this off-site is what they they later did was they got referees so i believe it was about like uh maybe 40 referees that's right to watch this footage and then say what call would they make and part of when they were directing it part of what they wanted to do is they wanted to make the defensive team's actions kind of like on the line yep because like what you don't want is an obvious penalty because then it's like well obviously that's a penalty and you don't want an obvious safe play because then it's just like well unless you're a bad referee this is just terrible calls so they were specifically choreographing these so that it's a bit of like an either or it's a bit like that's a great "Mm, point was that bad or was that just yes and what they did is they both had them say would you give them a penalty yes which is like again that's very naturalistic these are real refs saying, would I give them a penalty? But then they also said, like, kind of now on a bigger scale, not just yes, no, but, like, rate how dirty that was. Yes. Like, was that basically a gratuitous hit to inflict pain? Yep. Or the whole way up to, like, mm, wasn't much there. It totally. was actually kind of not violent. So yeah. yeah, and they had two groups. So one of them was a group of referees, and the referees just looked at what the teams... Because, uh, like, the, the same team did the same action. So you'd have the team in white play the defensive role. That's the it. team in black play the defensive role. And essentially what you're w- w- watching is a, a replica, 
as close as they could get to it being the same footage. Yeah. So you're now judging on the team in white, were that, was that a penalty or not? Team in black, was that a penalty or not? Essentially for the same tackle. Yeah. Um, but what they also had was, as Dan mentioned, they also had a Nava variable. So they had um, former players or and people who knew quite a lot about the sport watch this footage as well. So they looked at the teams in black, the teams in white, and there was a third category as well, which Dan touched on, which was this idea of of what happens when we show them the footage but in black and white and we also adjust the settings a bit so it's kind of like dark grey versus light Mm grey so you're kind of now you start blurring Mm -hmm. the lines Mm -hmm. between black and white and that is as powerful a test as when the other players switch their uniforms I, I love that I love the naturalistic idea that it isn't the behavior it's the color that makes us impute meaning on the behavior. For me, me it's incredible because what they showed then is that like the refs were more inclined to penalize the defensive team if they saw the black versions of the two plays. And it's quite a bit different. I mean, it's like 7.2 versus 5.3. I mean, it's like... And this was out of nine on this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big statistically significant substantial difference based on that. And then they were... That's game changing. uh, Oh, absolutely. Like that changes... Literally outcome changes an entire... Yeah. And the students did the same, by the way. Uh, the refs and the students both literally saw something that wasn't there. And one of the ways we know that is this beautiful part where the identical plays, when grayed out, all the effects go away. It was in some a, cases, they reversed. It even reversed. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, like, just mm. to touch on mm. that just a bit more, like, when you reduce the... Uh, I guess the effect or the contrast yeah. between black and white, yeah. people's judgments begins to even out as well, which, oh my God. Okay. This could go off on one hell of a tangent. So I'm going to chill out, but it does kind of beg the question of, I know with like when people were submitting CVs, there was a trend yeah. of people having names that sounded yes. more maybe yes. like um, African That's right. kind of like either just putting their initials down or just changing their name entirely mm-hmm. so that they could get more calls in for interviews. And when you think about it legally as well, it's, I guess, me just kind of like wondering out of curiosity, is there a way where we can set up juries in a better way where they're, before they see any of the, I don't know, the defendant or the, pros, I don't know, I've, I've watched yeah, too many American yeah, I think you got uh, it right, legal though. things, yeah. but like, what was it the the... The prosecution and the defense yeah. but yeah. anyway yeah. the the two individuals is there a way that we can actually give them the information devoid mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. race and color which first? is the equivalent of graying this out yeah can we gray yeah. it out yeah. first and yeah. then later you know eventually you're gonna have to see yeah. this this these yeah. individuals yeah. but is there a way where that first impression isn't just look at those beady eyes and that's what's so powerful about studies like this one which is while ostensibly this is about sport what it shows us about human perception and judgment really goes a lot larger and for me that's part of what makes this so classic and you know we really could go on that tangent for a little while longer and i you know we we want to cover the last study here but um there are some really interesting things like in music when you have males being judged as more talented, when you can see them, but if you put a screen between the judges and the players, the effect of gender completely disappears because they aren't better. And it's just one of these weird phenomenon where here, in your exact thing, if we can just remove the color, we go to a much more honest, less biased set of judgments that 
lead to better decisions. It, it's it's really incredible. But in this in this case, not only did the students and the actual referees call it more, they also were more likely to see them as aggressive and more sort of dirty. dirty yeah. Dirt. And so as you, in dirty players. Yeah. <laughs> like need a shower. Uh, <laughs> oh, off we go. There's so many there's, yeah, there's one too many tangents we can dive into. But yes, Dan, please intro study the uh, the fourth and final study. Well and this very last one that's so cool is showing that the judges, meaning the refs, made worse and more biased calls is one thing, but it's still totally possible that the teams that wore the black color actually did act more, you know, aggressively. So in this one, what they do is they brought in 72 all-male students and gave them $3 for participating in this thing where they basically were going to pick, they're going to be put in these teams and the teams are going to like do stuff. And essentially the stuff ranged from like really nice things, like we're going to build blocks, you know, like not confrontational. Or one of us like, we're going to play a dart game where we shoot each other with darts. Yeah, and what's, <laughs> it, what's, yeah, and what's really crucial there as well is that this would be the idea that it would be one team versus another team yes, as well. Yes. So I mean, they were getting prepped to, to go against to someone. To go and yeah. they do battle. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just so, again, it's just so clever because this way they don't have to actually make them go like shoot each other with darts. They they can just say, like, listen, you guys are going to go do something. Now, here's the thing. Cleverly, before they actually decided, they had half the team put on these black jerseys to ostensibly build, like, team camaraderie. And then other ones are randomly putting this thing, like, and you folks are going to wear these white shirts to build that camaraderie. And that was just kind of like um, the, the ruse that they used. And then, you know, sure enough, what they did is <laughs> they ranked which activities they wanted to do. And, I mean, this is really a strong finding. Those that were put in, experimentally put in the black shirts, they picked meaner activities. Yeah, they wanted to do, <laughs> yeah, they wanted to do more activities where they could let out more aggression. Yep. I mean, it's pretty strong. And so I actually looked here in terms of, like, how much. And, like, you know, these are things like chicken fights or a dart gun duel. I don't know what chicken fight is. I think that's the thing where you get somebody on your shoulders and somebody else gets somebody on their shoulders. Yeah. And you have to push the other ones over. <laughs> that sounds so dangerous. <laughs> and if you're not wearing your football pads, somebody's going to get hurt. And, um, and then the other side of that thing was like basket shooting or like a putting contest, which are nice, fun things, but just not aggressive. Anyway, those that um, that wore these black uniforms, the mean change was like, I don't know, quite a bit. It went from 16 the, – the change was 16.8 on this thing. And um, – you know, we can kind of get into the methodology, but it was a pretty substantial difference. Yeah, just to say a little bit about that 16.8 as well. They they created this weird calculation. Yes. So for yes. each of the activities, yes. they gave them like a ranking in terms of how aggressive the activity was. So let's say number one is putting assembling some Lego bricks. Yes. That would be worth like one aggression yes. point. And then let's say number 12, 12 yes. is chicken fighting. Yeah. That would be 12 aggression points. Yeah. So they were looking at, you had to pick like five of these. That you, you rank that you, yeah, you have to yeah, rank them, sorry. So then they were looking at the top five ranking and then they were giving each one like a, uh, they were like multiplying them. So you'd multiply yeah. the top one by yeah. like the, so anyway, yeah. you were able to create this number. Yeah. So when they looked at it, in terms of the yeah. two groups, the numbers were like 113.4 versus 113.5. So essentially yeah. their totals averaging yeah. were pretty much even yeah. for the two teams. When they then put them, 
in either black or white uniforms. That's it. The team that were in the uh, the white uniforms, their score pretty much stayed the that's same. Right, that's right. It didn't become like less violent. Let's yes. Say. Yeah. But the team that were in that were in all black jumped by sixteen that's point it. like what was it sixteen point yeah. four or something? Yeah. So like yeah. that's huge. Yeah, it's a big jump. And, and that's this the same is within, this is the same humans. The and weird, this yeah. is let's say within like it's in under an hour. This is like probably even less time than that. Not that much has changed. Yeah. Not that yep. much has changed, but yep. all of a sudden now, they're all in these teams, yep. they're looking at one another, they're in all black, and they're like, let's go break some stuff. Yes, let's go hurt some let's people. Let's go hurt some people. Yeah, it's strong. I mean, here's the thing. Now, just taking a step back from each individual study, this is a classic for me in part because it starts so naturalistic, where it looks at real sport. Then it moves into an experimental design where they simulated a hit and that gives them more control, more ability to infer causality. And then in this particular one, showing that it is not only the judgment of viewers, but the intended actions of people. In this case, they didn't actually shoot the darts and knock the people down. They were they disappointed said, not they, to. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh my God, did you read that? Yeah, I read that. And I, couldn't, I couldn't blame them. Like, oh my I, God. Like, they're like, wait a minute. We're, we're done. I wanted to knock some people out. I wanted to break some. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's. Um, I think we're far enough in now, and I think we covered the four studies really well. So, any last thought that you wanted to? Say? I think my last thought would be to loop back to one of my earlier ones, where I believe that the the benefit to this kind of information is how can we beat our biases, and in this case, the biases is how are we feeling about ourselves based on external things such as the clothes that we're wearing. And how are we perceiving others based on similar factors? How can we beat those biases in life so that the decisions that we're making, they're much more our own and we're a lot more in control of them as well. And I feel like that's the benefit of having this awareness. That's right. And I'll just double down on that because that is such a a strong way to generalize the results of this classic and fun study. And then the other thing that I'll just throw in, which is, you know, it's less important, I admit this, but how clever you can be with research. I I really, really pick and believe this study is cool in part because you're able to have a little bit of fun and show in in pretty counterintuitive ways, really strong, persistent findings that I think even yesterday, maybe you kind of wouldn't have believed. It's, it's that kind of thing of like, by studying something so cleverly, you hold it up in really bright light. And then you can see the bias really crisply in a way that even just, you probably knew there was some of this stuff going on, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. It's really easy to see when you show it that way. Totally. And I, yeah, and I, I believe that like, when I read some of these things, I want to believe I'm better than the findings. I want to believe that. But I think the reality is I'm just a subject to them. Yep. Maybe in some areas more strongly than others, yep. Yep. but across them, there are there are biases working yep. in me where I'm subject to a lot of these counterintuitive... Right. And maybe the hope, and if there's any hope in this, is that's part of what science is good for and part of what our podcast is good for. <laughs> I mean, that's really stretching, but by learning these things, you do become more aware of their prevalence and presence... And by us getting it out there, now you listeners don't have to go read these four studies. Totally. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you very much, peeps. Enjoy the rest of your lives. Ciao.